Don't look now. Welcome. Hey, welcome back to Don't Look Now. The podcast. Oh, yes. With Will Hegman and Jenny McDonald, who is slightly congested and can hear it in her own voice. Oh, you sound good. Thank you. Um, I haven't been able to hear for about a week, (laughs) so it's particularly funny at my folks' home where mom and dad will ask me something and I go, huh? And then they immediately turn and go, huh? Because we all have this now and none of us can hear anything and it's impressive. That sounds glorious. <laughs> There's a lot of old people, huh? 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 So going around, what? <laughs> <laughs> so um, I want to preface this by I have been sick for three weeks now. And I wrote this episode because while I was sick, I had to stay home from work for two days. Now, Will, you've known me for a while. Yeah. The number of times in which I called out sick were pretty limited over the last four years. Yeah, I, I remember you basically showing up half dead many times. So <laughs> Right. Know. Yes. I would rather show up half dead than miss work. Um, so I was home for two days because yeah. if I got up to walk to the bathroom three feet away from me, I would have a 30-minute coughing fit. Yeah. So I spent a lot of time reading, and I read four books on this one topic that we're going to discuss today. Okay, Nice. And it just appeared up out of one of my creepy Google searches. <laughs> That's so, where the best things come from, I'm sure. Right. Yeah. And also, like, you know, when you have a little bit of a fever and you're like, this is a great idea. That's what this is born of. Nice. So in our Halloween theme, here we go. Today's the story of when the devil went down to Georgia. Oh, nice. Yeah. <laughs> so there is more to it than just the song, huh? Actually, it has nothing to do with the oh, song. Oh, man. It's just absolutely the most perfect line to fit the story okay. that I could find. All right. So, you know, I'm looking forward to this. It starts with an eccentric professor. Hey, sounds right. <laughs> we all are. So. I do love eccentric professors. So, his name is Dr. Charles Scudder, and he's the Associate Director for Loyola's University oh, of Chicago now I know. Institute for Mind, Drugs, and Behavior. I forgot that this was... No, no, this is something... Okay, it, it is different than what I was thinking. I was thinking of... You're thinking I'm Timothy Leary. I was thinking uh, Devil Baby of Jersey, but yeah, no, okay. No, but that's on the list. All right, yeah. <laughs> I'm wrong. I don't know this. Okay, no, continue on. You might actually, when I get started, you might go, oh, no, I do know this. So he is a pharmacology professor who looks at how LSD expands the mind, kind of like Timothy Leary's work, Mm -hmm. right? Um, Timothy Leary's from Harvard, and it's all about mind expansion and seeing into different realms, blah, blah, blah. (laughs) Anyhow, so he's super, super eccentric. He has a pet monkey, and he, (laughs) he dyes his hair colors that are not normal at the time. Nice. And I feel like he would have fit in perfectly with us. There we go. We would have been really good friends. <laughs> so he's married. He has four boys and he's tenured. You know, yeah. best life is a professor. There you go. And then this is where the story is kind of like hit or miss. Mm-hmm. Either he gets married or he gets divorced or he becomes a widow. Not sure which. Okay. At this point in the story, the important thing is, is that his boys have gone on to college and he is single. Mm-hmm. And he's in his late 40s. Okay. So he purchases a mansion on West Adams Street in Chicago and starts to collect this beautiful Baroque furniture from different theaters in town. Huh. Baroque furniture is like that beautiful wooden stuff that's carved and elegant with lots of detail and velvet everything, which is exactly my taste. Yeah. (sighs) 
side story. I went to an estate sale in um, Kansas City a couple weeks ago, mm-hmm. a month ago. I don't remember. A month ago, because it was before I got sick. And I came across a red velvet couch with intricately carved designs, and it was on sale. Mm-hmm. It was only 275 full price, but it was 55% off. Oh, wow. Nice. If I had had a truck, it would have been home with me. And now I just realized you have a truck. I could have probably yeah, called you. I don't you. know if I had it yet. I think that might have been like right before I got it. God, this was, it was beautiful. Anyhow. Maybe, yeah. Oh, beautiful. Beautiful. Oh, I do love velvet couches. So he, he purchases this house, fills it with lots of stuff. And he has an interesting hobby where he learns the harp. Okay. He's so good at the harp. The harp and Baroque furniture. Right. right. So he's so good at the harp. Mm-hmm. The Chicago Symphony invites him to play with them. <laughs> Because smart people are just good at things. I get it. Right? Sure. (laughs) So he invites um, a housekeeper in by the name of Joseph Odom to his home. And this dude has spent a lot of time on the wrong side of the law throughout his life. And he never finished school. He got through about fifth grade. But he and Scudder become really close companions and eventually lovers. And it's during the time of the sexual revolution. Mm -hmm. However, it's still kind of a secret scandal yeah like these two fellows are living together what's going on yeah anyhow about the time that scudder turns 50 he decides i don't really like the university okay i don't like politics i'm super tired of these little pissy medical students and the hustle and bustle of chicago and wouldn't it be amazing if i lived out in the woods i mean sounds you know sounds Whatever, you know, Thoreau-like, I guess. I was going to say, I'm in my mid-30s. This sounds beautiful to me. (laughs) I could so live in, like, Go go vanish to the the wilds. That's all right. I know. It would be actually so nice. It would be lovely. (coughs) So he and, and Odom sell this house in Chicago, and they move to Georgia. Here they have purchased 40 acres of land in the hills of Chattooga County, Georgia. So where is Chattooga County? I don't know my Georgia. So I don't actually either. I should have looked at a map. I'm picturing here. Okay. Northeastern. Northeastern. Yeah. We're going with that. Sure. We'll, we'll pretend that is true regardless. It's All probably right. not. Sure. Everybody from Georgia will Weigh in. Us. Yeah. <laughs> that would be my luck. Yeah. So to get to where the house would be, you have to go up an old loggers road. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's basically in an area where there's going to be no running water, no electricity, no phones, because to get there so far away. Yeah. So they would have to dig a well. They'd have to use lanterns after dark, that kind of thing, right? Okay. So they arrive in the winter of 1976 in their Jeep with a camper and two English Mastiffs. And Good dogs. All right. 12,000 doses of LSD. <laughs> camper, a Jeep, dogs, and a whole lot of acid. All right. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. Um, and when they get there, they get up the road and they find a dead horse where they eventually are going to build their house. Okay. And so, of course, they name the lane like Dead Horse Lane because okay. that's a thing people do. Yeah. Makes sense. This makes me think of your Lost City Z thing. But, you know. Right, right. Yeah. We called it Dead Horse Camp because my yeah. horse died there. Yep. <laughs> I, when I read it, I started giggling because I was, you know, sick and yeah. it was hilarious. So two years later, they have built... A simple two-story home, brick by brick, and they name it the Corpsewood Manor. The Corpsewood Manor, okay. Yep, Corpsewood is a type of tree. Corpse, okay. Yeah, and it's in a, it's in the trees. The corpse of trees. Okay. It's, All not, right, we're good. it's not actual right. corpses. Not yeah. After the horse corpse or something. No, no. Okay. 
So to provide warmth in the house, they have a wood stove. And this was at the behest of Odom, who always dreamed of just cooking and living with a wood burning stove because Mm -hmm. he thought it would be more pure. Okay. They have a chemical toilet and they grow all of their own food. They also have a small vineyard in which they make wine and they make a modest income selling wine to local people. Um, In one of the books I read, though, they also said that they sold muscatel wine. Okay. Which, if you don't know what that is, I'll explain very briefly because I have a very rudimentary idea. Yeah, of it. I don't. I mean, I've heard of it. It's it's sweet wine, isn't it? Like a that's moscato. No, no, yeah, but there's a muscatel that's a related. Muscatel, thing. in the other context that I have heard it, okay. which is what I thought they were talking about, because okay. it makes a little bit more sense. Yeah, is when you eat mushrooms. Yeah, and then urinate, and then. Oh, Add nice. that to the wine. Okay, and it, that is different than I thought. It creates a very big high. So okay. they use in um, Russia, it's mm-hmm. fly agarate. Okay, and then they feed that to reindeer, and then they collect their urine, and then they get high on it and have a shamanic experience. Nice. Yeah. Now this is totally different than what I was thinking. So, right. Okay. Right. So we have two different stories of what muscatel wine no, yeah, is. I'm sure yours is right. Mine is. I'm no jack about wine, but you know. <laughs> I mean, it's possible. Um, they also build a three-story chicken house. That's what it's called. Nice. And I think it is the fanciest damn chicken house anyone's ever that, talked about. That does sound like a hell of a chicken house. Right? Yeah. So on the first floor, they have chickens. Mm-hmm. Right? And they store some food there. On the second floor is where they store all their canned goods and pornography. You know, we're cataloging <laughs> you things, as you do. And Got your acid and your pornography and your <laughs> backwoods retreat. All right. And then on the third floor is a pink-painted room... With mattresses and cushions where they entertain guests. All right. The the freak room. Okay. Right. Well, yes and no. So they painted the room pink because the pink was on sale, not because yeah, okay. he actually liked the color pink. All right. But I thought that was funny. But yes. Yeah. Your, your room perched on top of the supplies and porn. And porn. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So now here's the real thing. Where does the devil come in? Mm-hmm. So I'm sure you can imagine that two homosexuals in the 1970s living in the woods in Georgia would probably raise some questions, especially when they have what many would perceive as a sex den that yeah. they invite people into and then they sell them wine and then they get them drunk on the wine and they have all this LSD. Yeah. That, that seems like it would raise local eyes potentially. Well, here's where it gets even more into that realm of weird. Dr. Scudder is interested in the occult. Okay. He even is a dues-paying member of the Church of Satan. This is actually confirmed if you go to the Church of Satan's website. They have Mm -hmm. an article saying, yes, he was a member. And yes, Anton LaVey did write to him occasionally. Yeah. And they have a really nice article about this couple's whole life. So it's... It was actually kind of lovely. I would yeah. recommend reading it. Yeah, no. They have a very interesting website. Yeah, I can imagine. I yeah. mean, from what I, I've never really done my own research, but from what I've heard of the Church of Satan, they're actually, they seem fairly sane. Uh, you know, yeah. They're, they're, they're actually they're pretty reasonable. They're all into reasonable. their humanism and whatever else, and they, they you know, I, I was expecting more drinking blood out of skulls and less secular humanism, but whatever. Less you know. just in people enjoyment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So they, the house is filled with a bunch of symbols geared towards the occult. They have pentagrams everywhere. Um, he makes stained glass, um, <laughs> and his, a lot of his stained glass things are related to satanic ideology, symbology. Mm-hmm. He has a bayonet, um, which is the horned goat okay. symbol. Yeah, um, and a lot of the art pieces. Oops, sorry, a lot of the art pieces there that he has collected over the years kind of lean towards the occult and. He has, like, a skull in his office, and yeah. it's actual human because it's during the time when you could still buy things like that, and it wasn't considered human trafficking. And mm-hmm. So 
when you're thinking about that, then you're thinking about the fact that there are these two guys living in the woods <laughs> that have alternative lifestyle and like rumors abound. Yeah. So at this point, it's really important to try to separate truth versus legend. Yeah, yeah I can imagine. So I'm going to tell you the boring version, which is the truth. Okay. But pretend in your head that this is much different. (laughs) So the guys are already pretty eccentric. Mm -hmm. They're living out in the woods. There's no electricity. There's nothing. And at nighttime, Dr. Scudder would go up on the balcony at the house, and he would play his harp in the moonlight. (laughs) So you could hear this music filtering through the woods. But Mm -hmm. they're 40 acres, man. Like, why are people coming there? Yeah. Well... People are coming there because it's great hunting land. Yeah. So a lot of times hunters would come and ask for permission to hunt on his land. And it seems like he's really kind of a super nice person because he just lets people do it. Yeah. So um, there is... Okay. I scrolled down way too quick. I have lots of notes. Um, so the hunters come on to the property. And this is how he meets a local by the name of Kenneth Brock. Okay. Okay. Once again, this is the point where we separate the fact from the fiction. Scudder invites Brock to the pink room of the chicken house, and they party together. There's lots of wine. There may have been a little bit of a sexual encounter. And Brock kind of has a glance into the main house that he's not invited into, but Mm -hmm. he saw enough to see the fancy artwork, the furniture, and the occult stuff. So automatically, he's like, holy crap, these dudes are rich. Yeah. So then he goes back to home And he's meeting up with his friend named Tony West. And he starts to tell him about these people. And um, I just want to point out that this is how this story comes, is that he tells them he hears they have LSD. Mm -hmm. And they decide they want to go buy drugs from Scudder. So I'm not thinking they were in their right minds when they built this plan. Yeah. And the plan went from, let's go buy drugs to let's rob these guys Mm -hmm. because they raped me. Okay. Not I willingly participated in what happened. Mm -hmm. So then, you know, like, I guess they were bolstering each other up like, yeah, they can't get away with this. And, you know, that kind of nonsense. Mm -hmm. So they developed this plan and um, they decide that they're going to go and rob them and they have everything figured out. And the reality of the situation is Scudder is probably more like an atheist and not a devil worshiper. And Odom was actually a diehard Catholic. So like telling everybody that they did it because they were devil worshipers and they were trying to put them in their place was a poor defense. So on December 12th, 1982, Brock and West go pick up West's nephew, Joey Wells, and Wells' friend, Teresa Hudgens, and they head out to the manor under the premise of partying. On the way up the mountain, however, the four of them get high on some sort of drugstore high thing that's similar to whippets. Ugh. And um, when they arrive in the night, mm-hmm. in the dark, out in the middle of freaking nowhere, somehow they're able to convince Scudder to let them party with him. Okay. Like, you arrive at my house at midnight, <laughs> high off your ass, yeah. and then ask to drink my wine? I'm going to send you home. Yeah. This is not the actions of a recluse to me. Yeah, yeah. That's interesting. So, he's nice. Um, I would have just told those damn kids to get off my lawn, but whatever. I also just generally felt threatened and, you know, that many people... Arrive at your home in the night. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. There's a lot of just kind of do a yeah, yeah, guys. Just yeah, we'll we'll party. Yeah, let's go up to the third floor of the chicken house and have some fun. Yeah. So weird. Um, So he's nice and takes them up there and gives them wine. And Odom's just hanging out in the kitchen with their dogs. Like, Mm -hmm. it's late. I don't want to go out and play with these kids. You (laughs) do whatever you want to do. 
So after several hours, Brock goes to the truck and gets his rifle, walks in the house, shoots Odom and the dogs. Yeah. Then he and Wes tie up Scudder and demand that he gives them money. He actually pleads with them and tries to convince them not to shoot him multiple times Mm -hmm. and, like, tries to tuck him down. And then they take him into the house and then he sees his friend who he's been companions with for years dead on the floor. And he starts looking like, oh, shit, this is real now. Yeah. Um, Wells and Hudgens, the two kids that they picked up, try to run away, but the truck won't start now. Okay. So, like, this is when things start to get that paranormal feel, like Mm. everything's kind of just wrong. Yeah. The truck won't start. And then they see Odom's body move. And so they shoot him again. (laughs) And then, like, Scudder starts to freak out because his friend and lover Mm. is laying there dead and they keep shooting him. And then they shoot him. Yeah. And then they destroy the house looking for money. Here's the thing, though. They don't have any money. Yeah. I mean, they just built a place in the middle of nowhere and right. it throw looks in some like stuff off the land to, like, you know, right. get by. Yeah. So they actually, um, the reason they can't find any money is it's all in the bank. Mm-hmm. And whenever they go grocery shopping, they go to the bank, take out exactly what they'll need for groceries and spend just that. Yeah. So they might have, like, 50 cents later on, nothing else. Um, so when they can't find any money, they steal Dr. Scudder's Jeep and then the four of them run away. Okay. Teresa and Wells are terrified. And Wells will not let Teresa leave and go to the police like she wants to because mm-hmm. he's worried that they're going to be implicated in this and it's his fault and they should have said no. And, you know, all yeah. the things that I can only imagine would happen when you're an accessory to murder yeah, that yeah. you weren't planning. But eventually she talks him into going to the police. And the two of them are not charged because they go and they confess and they say exactly yeah. what happens. Uh-huh. However, Brock and West are fleeing further west. Okay. And... They're insane at this point. Like, they're going on three or four days with no sleep. So they decide to pull over in a car park and take a nap. And they know they need to ditch this Jeep because on the side of the Jeep is a pentagram. It's pretty obvious, right? (laughs) So they're in this car park and they're trying to catch some sleep. And there's this car next to them. And they realize there's a guy asleep in the car next to them. Mm -hmm. They want his car. So they take him hostage and they drive around with him for a few days. And then they end up killing him. His name is Lieutenant Kirby phelps and they steal they dump the body and steal the car and go further well at some point brock's just like this is a mistake i need to turn around so he separates from west and he goes and turns himself into the police Mm -hmm. then west continues to try to go to mexico but about halfway gets tired and can't go any further and the cops aren't looking for him because he's in a place they don't know to look for him okay so he walks to the nearest police station and turns himself in and says i did this and they're like, you did what? Yeah. He's like, I, I killed these people. They're like, what are you talking about? This isn't real. But they thought it was weird enough, and he's totally sleep deprived. And yeah. he starts telling them all these stories about devil worshiping and homosexuals and like all this crazy stuff. And they're like, well, we're just gonna put you in a jail cell until we figure out what's going on because you might just be a danger to society right now. Yeah. So they call Georgia to find out what's going on. Well, in the meantime, in Georgia. Remember, it was days before the two kids went and told the cops what had happened. Mm-hmm. Well, when um, Scudder did not come for his weekly grocery trip, one of the neighbors became concerned because he was friendly with a few people. And he went to check on them and found them dead in their house. And okay. he's the one that notified the sheriff originally. All right. So Brock and West are now on their way back to Georgia um, to be arraigned and everything. So here's where the story from the cops gets interesting. So when the cops go up the mountain to the house 
they walk in the door and they report a smell like they've never smelled before Hmm. and that the house is in total dirty dingy disrepair and it's weird because all of the people that normally go up to the house say it's never had a smell it's not disrepaired it's always perfectly clean but they reported it almost like it was a neglected home that had been neglected for a long period of time and the smell wasn't the smell of corpses it was the smell of something foul and evil like almost the story just gets kind of deeper and deeper into this realm of how do you separate fact from fiction Mm -hmm. so (laughs) the two guys brock and west say that they really push this devil worshiping homosexuality thing as part of their defense and they say that they were drugged yeah so they say that they're drugged on LSD. So the cops go and test all of the wine bottles that were consumed up in the pink room. There's no traces of LSD. So they really doubt. And you can't test their blood because it's been too long. Mm-hmm. That goes through your system apparently fairly quickly. And they may have had consensual sex. They don't know. But they claimed that they were raped. And so that's why they turned aggressive mm-hmm. and, and went back with this. So... The other problem at the time that the cops are up there is that a bunch of locals decide to be (laughs) looky-loos. They hear about these devil worshippers up in the woods. Mm -hmm. They've never been up there, but they decide they need to get up there. So they all go up there, and they start stealing stuff. Wonderful. Right. I'm sure that helps. So they're stealing art and bricks and anything. Uh Here's the really creepy part people that would steal stuff would get home and it was like the object was cursed their whole life would go to shit in a very (laughs) short period of time and so to try to get rid of the curse they started returning items (laughs) (laughs) which is just sad yeah Yeah. um and the other thing was people reported that they could hear the harp coming from the property long after they were dead okay okay so here's a really creepy anecdote remember how i said scudder was an artist yeah a few months prior to his death, he had painted a self-portrait. Mm-hmm. The self-portrait depicts him bound, gagged, with a bullet in his forehead. Yeah. And supposedly it was in a place that after they shot him, they turned and saw it <laughs> right above his body. Uh. And then ran away. Mm-hmm. Because it was so creepy and accurate. And there was, like, there's commentary that he said something like, I did this to myself or something right before he died. But I don't know how much of that you can believe from two people that were, you know, murdering people. Um, Okay. So you can go still to this location and see the grounds. Mm -hmm. Um, It's in not great shape because it's ruins at this point. It's been several years. It was lots of fires and things have happened. The sad aftermath of the murders is that there was a debate over who should inherit the property. Mm -hmm. Since most of it was funded by Scudder, you would assume that, like, his children would inherit, but he shared it with another person, so it could be Odom's family who inherits it. According to Georgia law, it's whoever died last. So remember when I said the bodies kept moving? Yeah, yeah. They were trying to figure out from these two idiots who were high and drunk. Nice, nice. Who was the last person alive oh, nice. to figure out who inherits the property? Um, in the original story, it's Dr. Scudder who dies last. And then in another story, Odom makes a noise. Yeah. So that means he's still alive. And like, who, what, whatever. So there was a lot of disagreement between the boys and Odom's family over who inherits it. Yeah. In the end, it doesn't really matter. 
because a woman in a psychotic breakdown um, sneaks up there and destroys the place and burns it to the ground because a demon's told her she has to. Mm-hmm. So, so that is the the sad thing. All the yeah. furniture is destroyed. People had tried purchasing it, and I guess they all thought that the this beautiful broke furniture they take it into their homes and they think it's cursed. Yeah. So instead of like returning it or trying to sell it, they burned it. Okay. We're talking about hundreds of thousand yeah, dollars yeah. worth yeah. of furniture here. Blows my mind. Um. So yeah, there's a lot of stories and legends that go on about this, and the original stories that I found were all very fantastic in nature. Okay. All of them are very like the devil was actually there. He would recite incantations to passersby, and like <laughs> it was really interesting to read the different accounts because mm-hmm. the first twenty articles I read probably were very much just all pure occulty kind of things. Very yeah. occulty, your traditional like Rosemary's Baby style, yeah. ritual esque. And then this book I read was fantastic and just like very almost clinical. Yeah. I wanted to separate the truth from the lies and I wanted to make sure that the stories that were being told were as accurate as possible. And like she go, she even says though that at sometimes it was hard to tell mm-hmm. because the story did blur the line so much in places. Um, okay. So let's go down the rabbit hole. Scudder was actually a prolific letter writer. He wrote to imprisoned men very frequently. The letters were romantic in nature, and he regularly corresponded with several men. Um, his intention was that they could come stay at Corpsewood, and he would help rehabilitate them, which okay. 50-50 noble, 50-50 self-serving, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. whatever. Um, there's a lot of talk about the dogs. Okay. So the dogs are English Mastiffs, which are yeah, massive huge, dogs, yeah. right? But people thought of them as being bigger than huge. Okay. That they're like hellhounds. hellhounds yeah. So like they just kind of add to this myth of mm-hmm. the place. Um, and I'm just thinking, like, they, these dogs, even the sheriff reported the dogs were very aggressive. Yeah. So, like, probably the reason why the guy stayed in the kitchen with the dogs that night was because they didn't want yeah. the dogs to bite these strangers in the night. Mm-hmm. Like, I could imagine, even my dog doesn't like strangers. So, yeah. makes sense that they would do that, right? Um, and then, important, LSD did exist in the mm-hmm. home. Okay. He did take a large quantity with him to Georgia. However, there was never any evidence that he drugged anyone. And the LSD that they found was still similar to the amount that he had taken. And it looked like it hadn't been disturbed in years. Okay. So my question is, why the hell did you take all this LSD (laughs) with you if you weren't going to use it? Who knows? I guess. Maybe it was there for a rainy day. Yeah. You know, hoarders or some kind of, you know, a prepper just in case. I don't know. Just in case nuclear war, you need you need all the acid with you, I guess. Now that you say this, actually, he was a professor. Yeah. You guys are all low-key hoarders. Yeah, we're all weird anyway. Yeah. After moving the engineering department, yeah. you're all low-key See hoarders. How much, <laughs> so much random crap builds up in the office. This yeah. is from 30 years ago. What if we still need it? Yeah. I don't... This is from 1921. I guarantee you we don't need it. <laughs> eh, it's hazard. Yep. Um... There's pictures of the inside of the house. Mm-hmm. So you can see all the art. You can see all the furniture. You can see the satanic art as well. It's in there. Um, there's also the the like photos from the crime scenes, which will be a little creepy. Yeah. It's a little sad. I don't yeah. know that I love those kinds of photos. There is a group on Facebook um, where they try to spread the truth of Corpsewood and they try to get mm-hmm. away from some of the fantastical tellings. So there's a book that one of the people that run it has written that I have on my Kindle, but I didn't get through yet. Um, and they are the ones that are downplaying all these 
outrageous reports uh, Mm -hmm. and they're friends with the families and so they're trying to make these people more humanized and less legend and it's sad that the house has been destructed however you can still go see a lot of the ruins and it was beautiful yeah i mean the fact that people can do this with like two people and just time on their hands yeah it seems to be our our theme recently here you know know, people people building pretty houses kind of semi by themselves i do get on a kick and it always is a random like this just happened to lead to this which yeah but i mean it's just kind of cool that you run into that but yeah Yeah. you know yeah but i'm always amazed when people just yeah build their own structure and it's not just a rambling piece of crap because right i'm pretty sure that's what would happen if i tried to build a house but right i don't know that i could necessarily do that yeah i mean i'm I'm an engineer and all, and I'm pretty sure I'd build a piece of crap if I tried to build a house. <laughs> I mean, in your head, you'd like to think you could do good. Yeah. But... Maybe you could if you just had a ton of time to do it right. Yeah. But I don't know, you know. I mean, if you did had all the time in the world, which it sounds like these guys did. Yeah. But it sounds like... Okay, so that was the other thing. It sounded like um, Scudder did most of the work himself because... During the time that they moved to Georgia, part of why they retired to their retirement area mm-hmm. was that Odom was starting to have failing health. Okay. And he wasn't able to get around as easily as he used to. So, like, he had the arthritis and okay. achy joints and couldn't do as much. Hmm. Yep. So, we got magnetism and Satanism building houses. That's, that's... You know, it it's possible. <laughs> Anything's possible if you have facts. But I don't know. I like to think that these kinds of stories while they're kind of a bummer it's still fascinating what was built out of a nothing story yeah i mean it was literally a story of two guys that were murdered yeah that has this huge legend Uh uh-huh i don't know yeah no it's interesting what yeah what happens in local lore with people you know yes i mean this is how this is how fairy tales get written yeah and i don't you know i don't know why but have you listened to s-town no podcast no, but it's on my list now. Reminds me, at least the, the main character there is the eccentric that's living in the South by himself in his place where he keeps claiming to have gold buried or whatever else. Good and, for him. You know, befriends a younger guy that, you know, they kind of have a romantic relationship with, but then the guy is kind of claiming he was taken advantage of a rape. He's really not, you know. And, right. Uh, yeah, there's, there's enough similarities there for some reason that, it, yeah, that keeps kind of playing in the back of my head. So I'll have to listen to this. Yeah. S-Town. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Have you heard any other good podcasts lately? I haven't listened to too much else recently, so you know I need to need to broaden my horizons. But it's because you're not running, isn't it? Yeah, pretty much. I used to listen to tons of stuff when I was running large mileage, but now that I'm broken, I just don't have that much pure me sitting there with headphones time. So. Yeah, I've been listening to a lot just because I drive so stupid amount of time. And I've been listening to one that's in German. That's a true crime. Oh, nice. And it's really funny because people at work will be walking by and they're like, what in <laughs> the hell are you listening to? And I'm like, well, it got really uncomfortable when people would hear me listening to any of my normal serial killer murder <laughs> podcasts because the amount of times that they mention body parts yeah. like uh-huh. vagina this, penis that, yeah. and then like naked woman over yeah. and over and over. Yeah. I kind of felt like I was going to get sexual harassment suit against yeah. me. So putting it in a different language, I thought would be yeah. helpful. Nice. So far, so good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. It seems like German is made for that. So there you go. Yeah, it's actually, I know people think I talk fast. The rate at which they speak okay. is phenomenally fast. <laughs> 
because nice. my German is not fantastic. Like I miss a lot of what's going on, but man, they talk fast. Better than me, my German is super rudimentary, but you know, eh. you can say hello. My name is William. Yeah, the That's danger of what's yeah. going on right now is that I'm going to be listening to these podcasts in, in German that are all murder related, mm-hmm. and that is going to be the extent of my knowledge for like, German for a while show up again. In Germany and just start talking about murder. Right. Right. I would like to talk to you today about. Yeah. <laughs> did I tell you about my really weird experience here in Manhattan? Um, there have been weird experiences you told me about, but I, I, I don't know one that related to German. So. No, it's not related to German. It's related to serial killers. Okay. So I was sitting at. Um, Carlos O'Kelly's waiting for some friends for dinner and I had a margarita and I was just playing on my phone doing mm-hmm. as you do when you're alone and some older gentleman sits next to me and he whips out a bag of apples and sets them out strategically on the counter and yeah. then starts talking to the waitress uh-huh. apparently he'd been there the night before and had several drinks so he starts drinking and honestly I was waiting for maybe 15 minutes like this was not like I was there for three hours and became best buds with this yeah. guy he's talking to the waitress and he starts talking about serial killers like, no preemptive anything. He's like, thank you for serving me last night. Did you ever hear about that guy that murdered all those co-eds in Florida? God, what was his name? And I'm sitting there playing on my phone. Yeah. Didn't even think about it. Went Ted Bundy. Yeah. And he's just like, no, no, no. You know that guy? He was from the Pacific Northwest, and he yeah. bit girls, and that's how they found him? Yeah, Ted Bundy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> then he turned to me, and he goes, oh, <laughs> do you know about serial killers? Oh, no. And that's when my friends walked in, and I'm like, Bye. Bye. Time to flee. Yeah. yeah. It was very much a, I'm going to tell you about my friends who murder people as I play yeah, with the yeah. apples that I've just yeah, pulled out of this bag. Nice and weird. You know, Manhattan's like that sometimes. Yeah, good stuff. For sure. Cool. All right. Well, I think that wraps us up. Yeah, so. it sure does. All right. Well, thanks again. And as always, you know, rate, subscribe, review, let us know what you're interested in hearing, all that good stuff. We've got our Facebook page to check out. We've got our don't look now 19 at gmail.com. Yeah. If you wanna send me ideas. Send I love us some ideas. Stuff. And um, as always, thank you to Hollow State Audio for our, our music. And uh, check them out on Spotify. They are up and great to listen to. So yep. Stay tuned for Spooky Halloween Month. Oh, yeah. Heck yeah. <laughs> Catch you all later. Bye. Bye.